Hi, this is Lucy Larson, Manager of Museum Experience and Interpretation at the San Jose Museum of Art. SJMA is proud to present the series Artist of the Week, featuring artists from our permanent collection. The interviews you hear were conducted in December 2006. We hope you enjoy the series and subscribe to SJMA's podcast. For our first Artist of the Week, we chose Hung Lu, one of SJMA's most collected artists. Born in China, Lu now lives and works in Oakland, California. As well as a prolific artist, Lu teaches at Mills College. Providing additional professional and personal insight, we also interviewed Jeff Kelly. Kelly is an art critic, curator of contemporary Asian art, and Lu's husband of 22 years. At a certain level of professional achievement, um, artists become known for their work, then the work is known as being that artist's, you know, and that can be because they've developed a, a way of making the work, a style of painting, um, a vocabulary of forms and materials, um, and, and a focus on particular subject matter over time. So they invent something. It's like inventing a language. And when you um, come into contact with that language, you recognize that it's uh, spoken by this artist and not that artist. What I do is I just look at a lot of materials. And sometimes, you know, when you, when you surf channels, watch TV, if you have no idea what's showing, something catches you, right? You know, no, it's like, what is this? You know, same thing visually. There are always some images uh, speak stronger voice. So I, for me, I think it's very important. Something moved me first. You see story, story interpreted from beginning to end narratives, but some story doesn't have that. Just, you know, even the, the, somebody's face full of stories, but untold, but you feel that. So I, I, I love to look at the photographs, so like, wow. What is who's this woman? Where is this? What is especially bad photographs? Like what is behind her? Is like blurry, you know, tree? Oh, you know, what is this? What is that? And all that kind of, uh, uh, you know, you yourself start to erode this surface. You know, try to peel off. You know, to excavate more information. I think the American part of the work is that she was able to kind of loosen up the socialist realist training that she had. She learned how to, to paint in a kind of neoclassicist way in China in the service of, of state propaganda. But then after coming to the U.S. in 1984, she uh, slowly began to kind of loosen up her hand uh, and mind, I think. And, and the way she painted became well, it, it evolved into the kind of drippy veil of strokes and, and uh, marks that, that the work is known for today. So it's almost like a kind of a dissolution of socialist realism. And then the next step is like, I have some great images. It, they move me deeply. And then I will say, well, you know, I really want to do a painting. But if I do this tiny bit, you know, it's like a newspaper or some kind of photograph. It 
doesn't have the kind of power. You know, I want them big. I want them really in your face, you know, and uh, you cannot deny them, even though they nobody, they were nobody. They were anonymous, they're poor, probably they langka. But I think what the more important than our great great leader, Chairman Mao, more important than Bush, than anybody, because who cares about their faces? But this is real. When she came to the U.S. in 1984, she came at a time when there was quite a lot of energy um, still in the air regarding feminism. So she kind of came smack dab into American feminist-inspired multiculturalism and was greeted warmly by uh, a lot of very important uh, women historians and critics and artists. And I think that's something that she hadn't had in China either. So um, I think Hung came to you know a place where uh, she could not only loosen up her sense of what art was and how to make it, but she could also be um, an artist whose subject matter tended to embrace the experiences of points of view of women and the idea of women as photographed subjects and thus as objects. So, you know, there was a, there's a feminist thing there, too, uh, that, that was, was, was not present in China. Showa is a big documentary on the, the Holocaust of, of, uh, during World War II. But overall, the Holocaust in Europe was written, was documented, was talked about throughout the world. But uh, there was another battleground in the Far East. Uh, Japanese occupied China since actually way before World War II started here, since 90, 1931, first occupied the North, Northeast China, Manchuria, the, where uh, my family was from. It's still not as well, well known as, as Holocaust. So I use the name Shawa. The image first, uh, the three women were uh, from a photograph from World War II of women from the south, very south, like uh, Hainan Dao, Hainan Island. And so each of them was holding some kind of like a makeshift weapons to fight enemies with a kind of a courage and determination like to protect our homeland, our homes. And behind there, the whole landscape, actually, first of all, is a piece of a red silk, like bright red silk. And then the film on top of the silk was a blow-up image of a mass grave in Nanking. When it, I think in two or three-week period, about a quarter million people killed in Nanking alone. Just uh, women raped and the soldiers even surrendered or killed. They, they just didn't have the time and weapon to kill them, just too many. So they, you know, sometimes like uh, they use machine guns, sometimes they, they just, you know, Japanese dug a giant hole, got, put everybody there and buried them alive. This is, if you look carefully, it's not just a, a general landscape. So it's like a, this, this three women almost like a guardian angels or warriors to, you know, to fight, like they arise again uh, above the ashes or something like that. <laughs> 